Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. Mississippi on your radio and in the game right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Friday afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Dancing Rabbit, 218-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can book a tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Great way to spend part of your weekend coming up, or if you're planning ahead for the fall, when it's a little bit cooler, maybe a little bit more golf weather, not a bad place to go at all. Seaspire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business online, cspire.com slash business. Once again, today, Sports Talk Mississippi on the road. We today are in Hattiesburg. We are at the Larry Doliak Youth Baseball Complex for the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball Division One and Division Two World Series. There are people everywhere at the uh, at the ballpark today. It was really cool pulling in. Yeah, you, you obviously saw Mississippi car tags: Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, Virginia, Texas, Florida, all of those and and others. As we were just pulling in. It's a really cool scene, and uh, you got a lot of kids out here playing ball today. Yeah, and to see those kids, uh, you know, the Arkansas kids, as we saw, have the Arkansas A hats on. The Louisiana kids, their uniforms, look, they look just like LSU. Yeah. So a really cool little, little thing for those kids, man. And there's a ton of them out here playing our, our national. People who are talking about baseball is dead, come out here. Take a look around. Baseball's not going anywhere. Yeah. And, and look, maybe it's local, right? I mean, like yeah, we talk about with the big leagues, sometimes baseball is local in terms of popularity. Maybe even at the youth level, it's local. But we've got teams from all over the southeastern United States who are here for the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. I'm Richard Cross. That was Brian Haydad. Got Michael Borky in the studio this afternoon. We are we're fortunate, Borky. So yesterday... It was a little. It was a little warm uh, for the KLL toast at, uh, at Trustmark Park. We're actually on the uh, we're on the second floor. We are above or in the press box area, kind of in the the main room. Uh, we can we can show you a video feed of outside, and you can hear the baseball action outside, thanks to the uh, magicianry of uh, of of one Houston McDavid. He he makes it all happen. Um, but my guess is it is even 
colder where Michael Borky is inside of Studio X than it is always cold there uh, here in the press box. What's up, dude? It is the opposite of cold. So it's not Wait. little uh, little known fact in this booth that I'm in. It's never cold in here. It's almost. It, I mean, colder than sitting in ninety-eight degree heat. You're wearing a long sleeve shirt today. Come on now. Well, it, you, part of it's for uh, appearances. It got to look nice in the office. If I've got a if I've got a golf shirt on that uh, I didn't fold because uh, it sits in the clean clothes basket for like a week and I don't fold it and I pull it out that, and I realize there's wrinkles everywhere. I got to throw something over top you. of it. You know? That's on you. It is. That's but, on you. But I manage your clothes uh, the, uh, the the volume of uh, computers and monitors and stuff in this small space. Uh, lends to a little bit warmer than you'd expect. Wait, you fold golf shirts? No, uh, hang, I just hang what, golf sometimes if I if I'm doing laundry, James is priority. So like I fold his stuff and you know it, mine, I'll just like put in a basket and put it aside and pull from it until I feel like sitting down and folding it all. Just so come on, there, come on, man, fold fold and hang up your clothes. I don't come think on, it's that serious. It. Uh, I, th- I think I'll be all right, also, but. Um, I'd also so, like to say that I'm 78% sure magicianry is not a word. It is now. Okay. Well, it, it, it is now. I was 100% wrong then. And, and a verb, no less. A verb. He magicianried it. Well, maybe not a verb. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, I think it's, an, it's a, it's a, a, a descriptive, descriptive adjective. Something like that. Verb. Isn't that simply the description? I don't know. Adjective. Uh, hey, man. Adjective is a descriptive word. It could be. Here we are. Yeah, a little fifth grade English class going on. Can we diagram a sentence real quick? Uh, I'd rather not. Yeah. I I would like to leave that uh, in the past. We got uh, got plenty to get to this afternoon. Um, uh, We're going to tell you a lot about Dixie Youth Baseball, and uh, we're going to hear from some of the people who are involved with bringing this event to Hattiesburg, but also some of the uh, the folks that are involved with Dixie Youth Baseball at both the local and national level. Uh, I think Haydad made a great point a second ago when he he talked about the fact that um, there are people who, who want to tell you that baseball is dead or is dying. Um, it's uh, the uh, the author, uh, the Huck Finn author. Mark Twain. Mark Twain was isn't he the one who's misquoted all the time yeah. about uh, well, greatly uh, r- exaggerated r- rumors of his demise are greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's anything dead about baseball as we uh, we get to the ballpark today. Uh, hey, Dad, this is going to make you happy. Um, college football is is tomorrow. No, college football oh. is not tomorrow. It is getting close. It is. Uh, Born four weeks from tomorrow to week zero. I believe that is accurate. Yeah. Five weeks from tomorrow for the first Feeling full so Saturday good. of the college football season. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. what is going to make me feel good? I want to. Let's go back to me. I'm selfish. Was that it? No, no. I was uh, actually being completely sarcastic. We were going to talk a little bit about the Big Twelve, the Pac-12, and Colorado being official. Oh, he <laughs> lied to me on the air. Did y'all see that? Well, but That's he did give you the numbers. He gave you a little something. The, uh, he gave me a little, a, just a little taste, a little tease. I mean, right, we you, are now inside of a week from from Ole Miss and State starting training camp. That's so, right. so add, add numbers to that. We are at, at Southern Miss to that list. We found out today they opened camp on the second, and we believe you. we so, believe we're hopeful that Coach Will Hall will join us on the first. Yes, yes. A busy schedule though, so we're we're trying to, try Coach, to make that Coach work. Will Hall has. 
27 hours in the day. Wait, so they're the second. So they're first. So five days, correct, yeah. from uh, yeah. from Southern Miss starting camp. That's, uh, that's, that's right. awesome. Uh, yeah. Hall of Fame game is six days away as well. So if you wanted a, a little pick-me-up, there you go. Real you know my, live my American tackle football. Do you know the thing I do every year on the Hall of Fame game? is when it, I don't tell my wife it's coming. And then I just turn it on, and I'll just be like, Hey, Fur, come in here for a second. And she'll come in, she'll look at the TV, and she'll you'll just see her go, Oh, and I'm like, that's right, baby. I lived another year. <laughs> it is it is back, almost. <laughs> uh, almost. Borky, the, the fascinating thing to me, like we knew yesterday, even though it wasn't official, official, but we knew, I mean, Colorado was going. When, when the Big 12 had the vote and they unanimously said we are inviting Colorado to the Big 12 and then Colorado had to do the formal uh, asking for admission to and their board of region. We knew that was happening. But then we got what we expected to be the next proven to be true pretty quickly and that is the Big 12 is not done because it would not make sense for them to add simply one team to become a 13 team conference. Odd numbers don't work well when you are putting together scheduling models and you want balance within your league. And so we get the news uh, from Brett McMurphy first and others kind of following suit that the Big 12 is interested in aggressively pursuing either one more team or three more teams. That's a lot. Yeah, there's a difference there. There's a difference in one and three. Yeah. Yeah. One, one, one is one. Three is the you know, third of somebody's conference. And there's a difference in quality too, right? So they're going to, uh, relatively speaking, they're going to go big game hunting. They're they're going to try to poach somebody else from the Pac-12. In a yep. perfect world, they'd probably poach three teams from the Pac-12, but they'll settle with one. A lot of people pointing to Arizona as being the most likely candidate uh, to switch over. Uh, I, I guess there's uh, there's reason for that, but it, let, if they can't get that big uh, Pac-12 Power Five poach again, the the list of names that come after that are frankly very underwhelming compared to what they've done so far. McMurphy reports UConn, Memphis, San Diego State, UNLV, and and I know that. UConn just won the basketball national championship, and San Diego State was in the Final Four. I understand that. But they've done a really good job of keeping the Big 12 football brand afloat despite losing Texas and Oklahoma. Adding UNLV and UConn to the conference really just does not match adding a UCF and a Cincinnati to the conference. Two things. One... These decisions are driven first and foremost by football, right? We, we, we all know that. I mean, yes. yeah, congratulations, UConn, on winning another national title. You are one of the blue blood, the elite programs. But your football team is, is awful. It's a little bit better than it has been, but when Randy Edsel was there, it went completely off. At least round two of Randy Edsel there. Jim Moore Jr. doing a, a pretty good job. Do you remember UConn went to the Fiesta Bowl a few years ago, and they lost like $2 million as a university because they couldn't sell any tickets. Nobody cared about going across the country to watch their team play in what was at the time a really prestigious bowl game. Was it? Playoff, but, but you know, it was that. It still caliber. is. The Fiesta Bowl still no, no, good. No, yeah, it, it is. Um, so, so, number one, football drives the decision. And number two, you don't add a team. 
for the sake of the conference bringing them up to the level you want them to be? You had a team that is at the level that boosters the existing reputation of the conference. And, and I kind of feel like that's what they've done with those last four additions. When, when you go Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU, those were all solid football programs. Yes. Now, their brand is bolstered by being part of the Big 12, but the Big 12 didn't do all the work for them. That would be a different story if you added UConn or San Diego State. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi just getting started. Let's go, let's go, let's go. This is your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. We are coming to you live today from the Dixie Youth Baseball D1 and D2 World Series, hosted by the city of Hattiesburg. We are at the Larry Doliak Youth Baseball Complex. Thanks for being with us. Sports Talk Mississippi is once again on the road. A couple of pretty good things that are happening with Dixie Youth oh, Baseball. That show was earlier. Yes, thank you. Good good things. Uh, good things that are happening also with uh, Dixie Youth Baseball. For this 2023 season, across the country, 800 leagues with a total of almost 11,000 teams and a little over 2,200 teams that have played in postseason tournaments. Dixie Youth Baseball annually awards a little over $200,000 in scholarships to uh, players. From an eligibility standpoint, you have to have played at least one season in your life with the Dixie Youth Baseball organization. And uh, for a lot of those kids, uh, that's the league they play in. From the time they, they start playing ball when they're five years old until they uh, they graduate to whatever the, the next level, junior high, high school, JV ball, whatever it is uh, that comes up next. So a lot of good stuff happening with Dixie Youth Baseball. Uh, we're glad to be with you alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. Uh, there was a tweet from Heather Denich, uh earlier today. She is with ESPN and covers college football. I thought this was an interesting quote that came from a Big 12 source. So there was a Big 12 athletics directors meeting. So we are talking before the break about the, the Big 12 adding either one or three more teams because of the need to right. to, to get to 14 and to have an even number. This was the tweet. A Big 12 source told me that their ADs had a meeting this morning and repeated something that she had talked about yesterday. 14 teams seems to be their best number. The question is, quote, who wants to be the first to really be a part of the Big 12 now and join us We've got room for one more. Think about the shift of that statement. Yeah. Two years ago in July, Texas and Oklahoma. I think Borky kind of painted this picture yesterday. Texas and Oklahoma, two years ago in July, we're out. And the obituaries began. Yeah. The Big 12 is done. The Big 12 is dead. Yeah. Which remaining Big 12 teams are going to go to the Pac-12? Mm-hmm. Larry Scott out. George Kliavkoff in. They're trying to figure I mean, out media strategies. The Big 12. We were, we were trying to figure out Iowa State's life as an independent. We're like, who's going to take them? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yet it is the Big 12 that has stabilized to the point where they're saying, we've got room for one more. Yeah. Who's up? 
So who's up? Arizona. I mean, the most yeah. likely answer is Arizona. Arizona State has shown no real interest in leaving the Pac-12. But, I mean, goodness gracious. Are going to split if, them up, though? If yes. you're a remaining team in the Pac-12, what are you thinking today? Well, Oregon State released a statement saying that they are uh, committed to sticking with the Pac-12 as if they had somewhere else to go. Mm. It's like your role player announcing he's returning for a senior year. It's like, buddy, you weren't playing in the NBA anyway. Yeah. I have I am committed to Sports Talk Mississippi, and I'm not going anywhere. Good to know. Great. Good to know. Let's Thanks m- for the uh, let's move forward. Yeah. But what, what, what other options have... did you have? Huh? What other I options? could always go back to Papa John's, I'm sure. They'd take me. Yeah, would love to have me back. I mean, they've got to scramble a bit, right? Because you're you're in this holding pattern. If you're somebody like an Oregon State, which God bless them because they care. Although I've seen some people today get Pollyanna about how there are people in in sports media that are making fun of the Pac-12 today, but one of the institutions of college football is failing and it's not good and all this stuff. And I thought it's their fault. I'm not going to feel bad for something failing when the people behind it don't care. I mean, take the Sun Belt, for example. The Sun Belt's not the SEC. It's not the Big Ten. It's not the Big 12 or ACC or Pac-12. But Sun Belt football and, and the Sun Belt Conference is as strong as it's ever been. Because the people involved really, really care about making Sun Belt football good, right? That yeah. you know they don't have a hundred thousand seat stadiums at, at Appalachian State, but uh, they fill that place up every Saturday. They care. But when you don't care about something, forgive me if I don't feel bad that you're going to fail at it. It'd be different if they were really trying, and the people on the West Coast were really invested in college football. They're not. Could you imagine? The SEC going through another television rights deal, how quickly that gets done for them because the people here care and they need it. There's a reason they're not getting one of those out west because nobody out there cares. I don't know. I just, I don't feel bad that the Pac 12 is failing today. It doesn't, I mean, USC still going to play, Oregon, Washington, they're all still going to play football. So why do I care that it's not under the Pac-12 umbrella for much longer? I, see, I think only the, I think the regionalization matters. And I, I've kind of come full circle. There was a time where I was like, you know what? We need we need four power conferences, right? We need four 16-team power conferences. But but it's almost like I've come full circle on that. And I'm like, that's right. that's not what we need for a healthy college football. Regionalization matters. And, and the, the, the crazy thing about this is this news comes in a year where the Pac-12 is on the precipice of having its most relevant football season. That's the craziest part. Since what, 2000? They have three teams that are like legitimate pa- playoff contenders. Yes. And yet, here they are, you know. About to fall, fall apart. apart. Yeah. A- absolutely falling apart. Hey, I, so then how do you avoid falling apart? Well, I don't think you do at this point. Uh, this, I, 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 it feels like it's a little I mean, the Pac-12 gone. is going to be a shell of itself. I think it will continue to exist as an organization. Um, Cal's not going anywhere. Stanford, I, hey, whatever. Uh, you know, whatever's left of the Pac-12 is going to end up merging with the Mountain West Conference, I yeah. think. And that is a pretty serious reality check for the existing members of the Pac-12 who fancy themselves as... High-level 
very selective institutions. I mean, Cal and Stanford, regardless of how you feel about them politically, that's two of the most elite public, or well, one public, one private universities in the United States. Yeah. Ridiculously hard to get into. Putting Cal and Stanford in the same group with San Diego State and Boise State, I mean, that's not exactly that's like... Tough. All, all four of these things are exactly the same. Yeah. They're just not. Um, no, a, no disrespect to the Aztecs. We love them, but, yeah. What, what about the what about the rumor that floated around starting mid-morning today about Oregon to the Big 12? This is, this is what we got briefly yesterday, month. remember. Yeah. This is the next month of this until we get to games. We're going to have this. It's, it's going to... It's, it's Sorry. Like, you know, it's like, I'm not even mad. I'm just saying... It's going to be like the ocean constantly churning out new rumors for us. I mean, until something is settled. If you're if you're Oregon, is the Big Twelve attractive to you today? If I'm Oregon, I'm going to make a huge push to try to get to the Big Ten. I understand you. And are, then if but I the can't Big do Ten that, does it appear to be interesting? And then if you can't do that, then and, yes, the Big Twelve would be attractive. And, and here's the other thing. But I got you. Got to drag Washington with you. Yeah, but point. there's a problem. There's a problem with Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten versus the Big Twelve. Uh-huh. The Big Twelve, in its television contract, negotiated any new existing Power Five members result in an increase in revenue that gives that school a full pro rata share. So, thirty-one point seven million is the number for the Big 12 teams. And any new team that comes in, there is an additional $31.7 million a year that rolls in to cover the cost of those teams. As massive as the Big 10 television deal was and is, that is not negotiated in. And so unless the Big 10 is able to go back to that combination of Fox and CBS and NBC and get more money for bringing in more teams yeah. so that the payout can say, stay the same for everybody, then the Big Ten bringing in more teams means that they have to slice the pie into smaller pieces. And that, I think, is why you are hearing uh, the commissioner of the Big Ten, Tony Petiti, go, oh, we're pretty good with where we are with the 14 teams that we've got. We, we are focused on USC and UCLA coming in. That is what really drove the size of that contract mm-hmm. and the time that it was the right time for a valuable brand to go to the market. Whereas if Washington and Oregon come aboard, are you going to have those existing 14 members of the Big Ten go, hey, you know what, instead of slicing the pie into 14 pieces, let's take the exact same pie and let's slice it into 16 pieces. You want the long answer or the short answer on that? The short answer is only two letters. It's no. There it is. And the long, an, the long answer, you just add four more letters. <laughs> it just depends on how, how graphic you want those letters to be. How, how gratuitous do you want this phrase to become? So, heck no. So yeah, Okay, that'll work. So, the Big Ten, even though it may be what Oregon and Washington wants, and deep yeah. down it might be what the Big Ten wants in terms of adding brands. And it might be the right move. They, but they, they're going to care about their wallet more than they care about the brand. Yeah. Whereas Oregon could find stability in the Big 12. And if Oregon said, hey, Big 12, we want to be a part, don't you think that the Big 12 would say, come, come on, on board. Come on down. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi live at the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. 
Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon in Hattiesburg. It's warm, but you know what? It's Mississippi at the end of July. The good news is when you're hosting uh, a baseball tournament, you've got teams from, I don't know, a dozen states. It's not raining, and so that is uh, that is fantastic news. Marlo Dorsey joins us. She uh, runs Visit Hattiesburg, CEO there, and... Um, so this is anecdotal. Parking lot at the Hotel Indigo was packed. Uh, there were about 20 people that were waiting uh, at Midtowner to go to, to eat breakfast when I got there at, uh, I don't know, like 8.30 this morning. And there was not a table available at Ed's at lunch. I think there are a lot of people in Hattiesburg this weekend, which has to make you happy. Which is why we love the coin the phrase baseburg. You, you know, so um, we just love hearing the crack of a bat and having so many people um, here cheering on their favorite teams. And it really does bleed over into the community. So you can see uh, all of our hotels are full, and so are our restaurants, and that's job security for me. There you go. That's uh, job number one. Can, how do we bring people to uh, to Get her a raise? Is what I'm saying. There you go. Hey, if you need an agent, uh, hey, Dad might be signing up for uh, for that. So what a cool event, right? It, it really is a cool event, and it's been 24 years since we've hosted an official World Series event here in Hattiesburg. And so, you know, when we uh, traveled to North Carolina last year at this time to try to see if we could secure a series here in the Hub City, uh, we just did everything that we could to show why Hattiesburg is the place to be. Yeah. So we're thrilled. Um, we've got great working partnerships with so many people in the community. Last night we had an opening ceremony uh, at Pete Taylor Park. Can't say enough great things about the University of Southern Mississippi. Uh, loved Coach Barry. Coach Ostrander is going to do amazing things, too. So yeah. it takes all of us working together to put on a, a tremendous event, and the kids loved it so far. And, and you know, this is this really is, I mean, you, you mentioned Baseburg. It has turned into such a baseball community, and, and that's Hattiesburg proper, but also kind of the Pine Belt extended you know, when you think about the, the success at the high school level, obviously the youth level, what Southern Miss has been able to do uh, in terms of facility. I was blown away when we pulled in. This is a great facility, and it looks like it's expanding in other directions as well. I'll tell you, sports tourism is on the rise here in Hattiesburg. And so we're here at Tatum Park, and we've got softball here. We've got baseball here. You can see the enhancements uh, just in the, in the pride that uh, Parks and Rec has really put into delivering a superior uh, field experience, but just right across from where we are, we've got soccer renovations going on right now, too, a disc golf course, tennis, uh, so we really are trying to do so many things to attract visitors here, but also we love our residents, so we want to make sure that they've got great quality of life for their yeah. kids and also for the young at heart. Alright, so so bigger picture Hattiesburg, when, when you are selling the city of Hattiesburg, it, is part of it geographic location in, in the fact... Not, not terribly far from the Gulf Coast, not terribly far from New Orleans. If you're more interested in Florida beaches working that way, 
and, and it's just easy to get to for a, for a lot of different. Is that part of the sell of Hattiesburg? It certainly is. I mean, we are the hub city. We say all roads lead to Hattiesburg. Uh, you know, we're two hours from New Orleans. We're 90 minutes from Jackson. You know, we've got Natchez on this side, Mobile on another side, Meridian. Uh, we, we're blessed with a good infrastructure yeah. uh, to, so people can get here. Um, and what we've really seen in the last three years, especially um, since the pandemic and really coming out of that for outdoor recreation, is we have seen record number of visitors here in Hattiesburg enjoying our outdoor amenities. Yeah. And it's been intentional. Uh, we've got aggressive marketing campaigns uh, in a six-hour radius outside of Hattiesburg, and people are coming here in record numbers. That's why the Midtowner is full and Hotel Indigo. Of course, right now it's because it's Facebook with the Dixie Youth World Series, but uh, we've really enjoyed such an uptick in people coming to the Hub City because, hey, when you're not at the ball field, we've got great places to eat. We've got a Hattiesburg Zoo. We've got a Longleaf Trace where you can enjoy hiking and biking. We've got great kayak amenities, too, a thriving public art sector, and the list just really does go on and on. So we're proud of our town. And a really good food scene. A great food scene. A great food scene and growing. Visiting with uh, Marlo Dorsey. She is a CEO of Visit Hattiesburg. So I live in a college town also. And one of the things that I feel like has evolved over the years, I I remember as a kid, um, it felt like summers were kind of dead, right? Like it's like students would leave town and everything just kind of got quiet in the summer and it doesn't feel like that anymore it's like there are not really many weekends maybe that that weekend right around christmas and maybe the weekend right after college graduation but really not even then is that the feeling here that it's like it never really completely slows down i would agree we have a a couple of weeks where it's almost just where we can catch our breath yeah um and a lot of college students you know they might go home or take a little bit of time off but it really has been a steady trickle for us of visitors throughout the year and that's intentional because if we can keep a steady influx of foot traffic really championing you know a lot of our local small businesses and really supporting them and what they do then you don't have over tourism uh, where you've got so many people in town there's no place to park uh, park you know uh, the traffic is terrible on 98 and so we really want to make sure that we are not stacking everything on top of each other to yeah. where you're not kind of cannibalizing all your friends and neighbors on various things uh, who also own small businesses just keep that steady trickle of people coming in. So, in, in terms of growth, uh, I mean, uh, I mentioned not to belabor the Hotel Indigo point, but right there next to that, where there are a bunch of businesses that are bringing people in, there's another really big construction project going on, and I see that in, in different pockets of the city where there's new stuff, and, and so it's not just traditional businesses, existing businesses, but there's new that's coming that, that's helping fuel the growth as well. Economic development is on fire here in Hattiesburg. So where you're talking about specifically in the district of Midtown, that establishment uh, there, that Commerce Center, has been open for a few years. And then Jones Companies is building their global headquarters right there. And they're doing it for a reason. Because we know that the race for talent attraction and retention, uh, if we want to have the best workers that are here, Jones is a global company. If we want people to come to Hattiesburg and stay here and raise a family and enjoy it and work here, then they've got to have quality 
quality of life yeah. and quality of place. So how do we create quality of place outside of your job? So that's what's going on in Midtown. And it, it just catches on. Just in downtown Hattiesburg in the last year, we've had 13 properties purchased for renovation. Buildings. Oh, wow. Buildings purchased. So we look at downtown. We look at Midtown. We look all the way out west. And it's intentional effort, but it's also collaboration. I mean, we all want to, we're talking baseball today, but who doesn't want to be part of a winning team? Yeah, no doubt, uh, no doubt about that. The D1 and D2 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series happening at uh, Larry Doliak Youth Baseball Complex. Got teams from all over. I mentioned when we started the show today, driving in, it was kind of cool. I was, you remember the game that you would play as a kid when you were traveling? You'd try and mark off all the different license plates. This would, would have been a target-rich environment for, for that game. It's like, okay, we got Mississippi, we got Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, and on a Texas. I think I said Texas. Anyway, a ton of states that are coming here. Um, I, I mentioned there was a, a, a grandfather whose grandson was playing in this who had driven in yesterday from North Carolina. said drove nine and a half hours just to be here for the weekend. So... It's, uh, it's not just showing off to local people, but people from all over. It really is. And we've really been trying to do everything we can to make this uh, just such a memorable experience. We've worked really hard for the last six months. So everything that we saw at opening ceremonies last night, we've heard rave reviews on it. And you have to be intentional. You know, we want people to feel welcome, but we also want to see them again. Yeah. So, you know, they're here for a couple of days. And whether they win or, they're, or they don't win, whatever the score reflects, come on back and see us because we'd love to have you here in Hattiesburg. What about in terms of retirement? Have you found yourself attracting retirees? Well, I'm about two years away. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> no, I, I've only got three years left until I retire. So, I've got uh, many more, many more left to work. So. You hear that, Borky? Three more years is all Let's we got to hold on. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so, Depending on how Mega Millions goes tonight, it might, might speed the timeline up just a little bit. But either we'll way, either way. In downtown two years ago, we opened a beautifully renovated um, building that used to be the old Hattiesburg High School. And it is a place for uh, senior seniors to be able to live. It's not assisted living. It's like just a great complex for people yeah. to be able to come in, uh, 55 and older. And people from all over the country flocked to it to be able to be there. Because not only do you have low cost of living, a great arts and culture scene that's here, you know, as well with two schools of music from both universities, William Carey University and, you know, Southern Miss. Now, you can always see a play, hear live music. Um, if you're into a symphony or if you're in a bluegrass band, like whatever, you, whatever you're into, you know, that's something that you can see at either free or relatively low cost just right here. So um, lots of intention on making sure that we are providing things uh, that people love when they're not at the ball field and they're not at work. It's a great weekend for the uh, for the city of Hattiesburg. Marlo Dorsey, who is CEO of Visit Hattiesburg, keep up the great work. I know there are a ton of good things going on here, and we appreciate you stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today. We're at the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series, D1 and D2. we got more coming up with you. Don't forget, in the 5 o'clock hour today, a college football fix to start things off. And a Food Friday as well. Coming up next, Tommy Reams will join us. He is the tournament director for Dixie Youth Baseball. I'm going to mess with Tommy when we start, too. I was flipping through the uh, the program. He's the, the state director for Mississippi. He has the meanest-looking scowl on his face. I'm going to ask you, why, why can't you smile for a picture, Tommy? Come on, man. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios.
Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. I like Mississippi State. I hate Ole Miss. Does, it, does he know that we're back? We're on the air. <laughs> oh, I, I think that was intentional. But everybody, come meet my new best friend, Tommy. <laughs> Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, Pearl River Resort <laughs> Studios. We are on the road today at the 2023 D1-D2 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. Tommy Reams is the tournament director. He's also the state director for Dixie Youth Baseball. I got a question, though. There is a uh, There's a picture of you in this uh, game program. I'm not sure I've ever seen somebody look madder that somebody was taking their picture than you look in that one. I said you look like a junior college defensive line coach about ready to take everybody outside and just whoop them. Okay, let me explain, guys. Please do. Did they not tell you say cheese? No. (laughs) I have to show my mean face. Okay. Or if I don't, they're not intimidated. (laughs) Who are they? All these people that I have to deal with at this tournament every day. Yeah, but these are all good people. Uh, go outside with me and come on. Okay. <laughs> You'll find out they're not that good. All right. So when we had a credentials meeting yesterday with all the coaches, I tried to scare them. I mean, Marlo just got through telling us how happy she was that all of these people were visiting Hattiesburg, and all you could tell us is how mean everybody is. Well, no, 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 no. Not everybody's mean, but you've got to get that fear factor started, and that pitcher did it. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> what, what a great event, and uh, it, it appears to be going smoothly so far. Kind of, Kind of talk us through the challenges of running an event like this, trying to keep it on schedule, trying to make sure everybody has the things that they need, especially when it's closing in on 100 degrees outside. Yes, it, it is It is a huge job, guys. If you've never been this, this is my sixth annual uh, chair, uh, tournament director of this World Series, and it's a job wherever we go. It doesn't matter. It's, as I told the Hattiesburg people yesterday, once we got through with the, the team meal, the opening ceremony, it's downhill now. All we do is play baseball. Yeah. Uh, and that's the part that makes it easy once we get to the game. It's all the logistics before the games that makes it difficult. You know, people are coming for the games, but but you want there to be an experience, yes, right? It is. You, you want them to be ha- have good memories of the tournament overall, re- regardless of the results on the field. Even though everybody's playing for a trophy, you go to Pete Taylor Park last night. Tell me a little bit about the opening ceremony, guys. I've been to fifteen opening ceremonies. It was the best opening ceremony we had ever had. I'm telling you, this it was all gyrated toward the kids. That's what our tournament's about. It's not the coaches. It's not about the fans. It's about these kids. This is who we want to touch. And these kids had a ball at the opening ceremony last night. Do you have them all on the field? All of them on the field. And then they had a Simon Says guy come out and do a show. <laughs> Let me tell you, this guy was good. And he was, Simon Says this, don't say that, no, 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 no. And the kids had a ball last night. They were eating it up. And and that's what Dixie Youth's about, guys. It's about the kids. It's about the players. Even though we need the mamas and daddies, yeah. we need the coaches. 
but it, as I told somebody a while ago, all them kids out there today are my babies. Yeah, because I'm in charge of them. Tommy, one of the the neat things about hosting this event, you have a Mississippi champion who yes. who earns their way into the event, but also as a uh, partly as a thank you and a, a way to honor the city that's hosting it, you're able to have a, a host team as well. So you got a couple of Mississippi teams in both the Division One and Division Two levels. Correct, correct. Uh, anybody that hosts a World Series gets a host team. That's part of the deal with Dixie. But we have two divisions here. We have Division One, Division Two. So we had to come up, being that Hattiesburg was a Division One league, we had to come up with a Division Two league, and we brought them out of our state tournament, our runner-up in our state tournament, uh, because. Our one number one is the state champion in D2. Right. So we brought the runner-up to be our host team. And we do this every site place we go to because everybody that hosts the tournament is a D1. They don't have a D2. All right. So age group that we're talking about here for uh, for this weekend? 8U. 8U. Um, this is not a, a conversation about travel baseball and early and everything else, but there's something that's really special about seeing kids that are this age that are having a blast out playing baseball. We, we talked earlier about the fact that people want to talk about baseball is dying. You, you can't go to an event like this and believe when people say that. we got 22 teams here Yep, from 11 states. They all come in here for one thing. They want to play baseball and they want to win a World Series. Yeah, And, guys, let me tell you something. They love it. These kids play hard. The coaches coach hard. The fans scream hard and holler for their kids. And the umpires do the best they can. And just as you see on the screen, they go out and pray before every ball game. Wow. Very, uh, very cool. But th- this is the greatest tournament you'll ever go to because it's gyrated toward the kids. And we have fun. This is a fun tournament. This yeah. is a great tournament. And... You love Dixie baseball? Go play eight-year-old ball. That is the greatest game we have, I have to admit, because I love eight-year-old ball. Because these kids, these kids are not like the 12-year-old kids. I know what I'm doing. They're learning. They They're are learning. like sponges. They're grasping everything. They're wanting to learn this game, and it's a great game. It's and, a great weekend, too. The Dixie Youth Baseball D1 and D2 World Series happening here in Hattiesburg. Tommy Reeves, State Director, Tournament Director, Great event. Thanks so much for having us. You want to join Dixie Youth Baseball? Look up Tommy Reams and call me, and I'll get you in Dixie Youth Baseball. You got it. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Good job. Sports Talk. Sports Talk Mississippi. To the junction, in the groove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road in Hattiesburg at the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series, Division One, Division Two. This is the 8U World Series. Thanks for being with us on this Friday. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, home of the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out. Learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. What are you looking at? Like, like you just look angry. 
I'm not angry. I, maybe Tommy's rubbing off on you. <laughs> I don't know. Just get that get that that sneer going like it's high school football pictures again. C Spire text line is the way for you to connect with us. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. And that is right here in C Spire country. Um, do you know officially when Mississippi State starts practice? I do not know. I'm almost positive it's Friday, though. Friday the uh, 4th. Okay. Uh, I got the email from Ole Miss. I bet I could find out. Just a little while ago, Ole Miss will officially begin practice, Michael Borky, the exact same day that Southern Miss does. That is next Wednesday, Wednesday. the 2nd of August. So we've got camp starting in Hattiesburg and in Oxford on Wednesday for Southern Miss and Ole Miss. And uh, we'll find out when Mississippi State gets rolling as well, but it is very, very close. did this a little bit earlier in the week, and, and I think it might be worth revisiting a little bit. Um, the, the way Borky phrased it was, are there questions that we have about these teams going into camp mm-hmm. that can be solved or answered during camp right? as opposed to we're not going to know until week two or week three or week four, you know, once once whatever the sample size is that that you really need to know. I was correct, August 4th. August 4th. So Mississippi State's first practice is next Friday. Friday. All right. So uh, you go. a week from today, Mississippi State will begin practice. I'm sorry, Houston. I was all kind of laid back in the corner messing up the camera. He's a slacker is what he is. Just laid back on a Friday, man. I hear you, man. Just uh, just laid back. Not quite welcome to the weekend. We're getting there. What, What are... What are the questions that need to be answered? Oh. So so, so, just a little bit different spin on Borky's question from the yeah. other week. He's like, are there questions that, you know, we need answers to that we can get? But maybe larger picture. Well, with State, you have the biggest question, right? You have a coach that you don't really know what he's going to do as a head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a great defensive coordinator. And in the period from the time he got the job officially – to today, he's done a lot of good things that make you think he's going to be successful. The way he held things together at the end of the year last year, brought in that signing class, and has put together what appears to be a really good signing class for Mississippi State going into next year. Um, you know, he looks like he's hired a good veteran staff. Um, it looks like he's he's putting his own stamp on the team in terms of you know he got away from the air raid. I mean that was that, that had to be a tough decision. But Zach Garnett, you think that was a tough decision? I'm sure it was because he's, he had to be thinking, look, I've got a senior quarterback who's played in this offense for all these years. Do I really want to go changing it up on him right now? You know, maybe, you know. I'm sure he had the thought process of the thing we've said a few times of, you know, if State was, with Leach was still here and State was still running the air raid, they would probably be getting a lot more uh, publicity and a lot more preseason respect, I think. I mean, he, that had to go through his mind, I think, for a second. So we know all that. I think I think he's done a great job to this point, but we haven't gotten to the point where he's out there and the game's going on and yeah. it's third and two from your your own thirty eight and you gotta decide what to do with the game in the balance. So that's the biggest question for Mr. For, for, for the offseason leading into his first year as the head coach, a plus. He, he just gets solid marks across yeah. the board. I, I don't know that he's done anything spectacular or extravagant mm-hmm. or that has just created 
waves of emotion no. one way or the other. He's just been solid. He, he, he His recruiting has well. been ahead of where State would normally be at this point in recruiting, I would say that. I mean, they have five, six, four-star commit, commits. That's that's a okay. big number for them at this point. Yeah. But when, when the rubber meets the road, you know, what's he going to do? Now... Like I said, as a defensive coordinator, he was fantastic. I thought, sure, but you know, this is this is the big job. And in fairness, when he was hired as a defensive coordinator, nobody knew who the who the heck Zach Carnett was. It was more about okay, the three three five is intriguing, yeah, and the Rocky Long connections are intriguing, and we'll see how it goes. And they, you remember his first year? I mean, I, I spent that whole offseason saying, man, that defense. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They ended up being pretty good, um, and then they've been good the past couple of years. So. I have a lot of uh, belief in him, but again, you know, I haven't seen anything yet. So that, that's that's the big. I mean, and then you know, that trickles down to Rogers as well. You know, there are changes for him, and I don't think the changes are as wholesale. I know he and I had our little our little funny moment there on the interview, but I don't think the changes are as wholesale. It, it is not like he said; it's not like they're running the wishbone. They're still going to be in the shotgun seventy five percent of the time. Uh, they're still going to be throwing the football. But there's going to be some tweaks and some changes, and, and there are going to be some different you looks. Know, I, I feel like the the Will Rogers in a different system storyline is way overblown. He, he, here's where I push back on it. Yeah. If the new offensive system was a spread option system mm-hmm. where it was heavily RPO-based with a lot of quarterback run in it, more heads. I would be concerned yeah. about Will Rogers playing quarterback. Right. I, look, this is this is a bad comparison because I mean we've talked before. I, I was an average high school quarterback, and it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We just ran a pro style offense. There was some option that was mixed in it, and it was fine. Yeah. But if we had gone to an air raid type system, mm-hmm. I would have been fine distributing the football. Yeah. But because that's just kind of what we w- would would be running. If we had gone from an air raid system where you're just kind of throwing it short passes all over the place to what we, we ran that was more pro style based, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. And pro style is the term that Barbe would tell you about his offense. Now, the flip side is if we had transitioned to a triple option offense, you've been trouble. They're going to have to find another quarterback because it wasn't going to be me. That was so. I, I don't. Borky, am I crazy? I don't feel like they're asking well, I mean, Will Rogers in this new system to do anything that is so different from what he's been doing. That we're like, I don't know how Will Rogers is going to hand, handle the transition away from the air. Well, it's two different things, right? I mean, will he be able to handle it mentally? Will he know where everybody's supposed to be and where the ball's supposed to go and stuff? Absolutely. It's can he execute? The offense that isn't the air raid. I mean, over one-fourth of his throws when Mike Leach was his coach and play caller uh, traveled behind the line of scrimmage. Over one-fourth of his passes didn't cross the line of scrimmage. That is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that is not how that's going to go this time. And so it's not about can he operate the system Will he have the a good understanding and grasp of what he's supposed to do? Of course, absolutely. A smart veteran guy like him, no problem. But will he be effective when being asked to do a lot more than throw a quarter of your passes behind the line of scrimmage? That That is where, and maybe it's just kind of a tomato-tomato thing, but that's where I have questions. It's not about his understanding of the offense. It's but, can he but, but execute it at a high level? 
So is the concern arm strength? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, okay, so they're going to take some shots down the field. That that doesn't mean you got to be able to throw it like Joe Milton. Right. Um, and if you watch the spring game, he had three, four throws 45, 50 yards down the field. He was but, rarely asked, if ever, or, or chose not to well, do it, to throw the football well, it's, into it's, it's tight windows. It's not throwing it 60 yards down the field. It's throw it uh, over the top of a linebacker, underneath the safety, in a window that's about the size of a ball. Because that, the it, air raid would tell you, just find the guy who's more open. Exactly. So, yeah. so he the, his his previous offense is is the single most quarterback friendly offense in college football history. The, the other thing it is so the thing people hear pro style nowadays and they think West Coast. They think it's under center, it's I formation. It's, it's not pro. Watch the NFL. If you're not watching the NFL. Sixty to seventy percent of the NFL teams, are, are I'm sorry, sixty percent of the snaps in the NFL game are from the shotgun. Nobody, nobody goes under center hardly anymore. I don't think Goal there's line. a single NFL offense that ran fewer than half of their plays from the yeah. shotgun. And you're talking, you know, goal line and short yardage. Yeah, situationally. I mean, the Saints even in short yardage. They just bring Taysom Hill out there. And the, and I think State's going to do something similar like that with, with Mike Wright. Not that he's the same kind of athlete, but... When you hear pro style, and I think you, you think it's Joe Montana and, and Steve Young, and it's not anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you're talking about pro style offenses now, you're talking about personnel groupings, right? I mean, you're you're one tight, two backs. You're two tight ends. You're yeah. moving things around, right? As opposed to being four wide or five wide right. or you know three receivers with a flex tight end and a back in the backfield and all you're doing is reading the end to set up an RPO right we're talking more more traditional play calling and more traditional personnel groupings more coming up let's ask the exact same question for Ole Miss on the other side of this break what are what are the questions what are the questions that Ole Miss needs to answer starting next Wednesday when they open camp. Coming to you from the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series in Hattiesburg, on the road, as always, in the Pearl River Resort Studio. The best. The best. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. 25% off at their end-of-season sale. So good savings for you on a lot of items that are available on their website. You can also find Genteel Apparel at men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi, including Shirley Dogs in Corinth, MLM Clothiers in Tupelo, the well-dressed man in Brookhaven, Oxbow in Memphis, Harry Meyer in Meridian, and Landry's on the square in Oxford. Is that your your clothier in uh, in Oxford? Who's that? You getting your suits, Landry's? Uh, I have. Yeah. I have. Great store. All right. Actually worked at Landry's when I was in high school. Did you now? I did. Oh, certainly did. Well, there you go. So good, uh, good stuff there. Great uh, memories. Yeah, Genteel Apparel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Award today. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to bring to your attention a, uh, a story that I saw. So there was an interview that the Ole Miss Spirit did with um, Spencer Sanders. 
That scalawag Ben Garrett? Oh, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> um, and and some of the questions were about his rehab, yeah. where he is from a, uh, a health standpoint. says, I'm almost 100%. I can still gain some strength in my shoulder. Um, better rotation, throwing it with more authority in summer workouts. But the, uh, the quote uh, that is going to stand out was a rumor circulating that as soon as he finishes college credit hours that allow him to be a grad transfer, he might be looking to transfer out. Okay. And here's the quote from Spencer Sanders. And you, I think his intention mm-hmm. was to put the rumor that he was transferring to rest. Okay. I think in actuality, I'm about to say, are you saying it went the other way? Doesn't 100 percent put that to uh, to rest? So give it, give it to me. Sanders said he had heard the rumors that he was possibly transferring out, and he said, "I will definitely be here August 1st when practice starts. I can't wait to represent Ole Miss. This place is great and has a tremendous fan base. I'm happy to be on this team, happy to be in the quarterback room, and happy to compete every day." It, it, it's not open and shut. Yeah, it's, there's a, there's a, like a little. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to nitpick his words when he says that, right? But he didn't say, "I am going to be a part of this Ole Miss football yeah. team in the 2023 season." Those he rumors said, are inaccurate. I am going to be here on August 1st when practice begins. Will you be here August 2nd? That's what, the what about the 14th? What? Well, I, I was going to say, the, but what about late? What about Labor Day weekend? The, you gonna the be there? question is the 25th when yeah. class starts. Yeah. Are, are you going to? Um, so that in the shoulder, for, uh, it's, it's. Go ahead, go ahead, Bar. Still to, today, not being 100. percent Now he said he's very close, throwing the ball better, whatever. But I mean, I knew it was a bad shoulder injury, but. Still not being 100% with your throwing shoulder at this point. That's tough. Yeah, he says, nearly back up to speed following six months of rehab. His quote was, I can still get more strength in the shoulder, but I'm real close to full speed. Gotten most of my rotation back, and I'm throwing the ball with more authority this summer in workouts. So, um, yeah, make of that what you will. Uh so, but you're not wrong. Yeah, that was that you're was not wrong in, in that. That's not 100 percent of I'm locked in. You can put those rumors to bed. I'm an Ole Miss rebel. Don't clip that, Borky. Uh, and or do no, no, please don't. And <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, dang it, I'm going to hear that again. Um, uh, but yeah, that being said. I have no idea what to make of that guy. I don't quite. I still don't understand why he's at Ole Miss because he's not going to win that job. That's Dart's job, and then it's. I, I just don't. I, I, I just don't understand. We'll see how it plays out, but I don't get it right now. All right. So the question or the questions. Our question is: What are the questions, or what is the biggest question that that needs to be answered for Ole Miss as we roll toward? the start of this season. I, I think, Borky, I might start on the defensive side and and kind of start with Pete Golding. I mean, when you've got a, a new face on the, the defensive side and the only time you have seen an Ole Miss defense was in a spring game. Where they couldn't tackle. Where they couldn't tackle. They couldn't go after the quarterback. There were only like four coverages that they were allowed to use and they gave up 60 points or whatever the number was. But Pete Golding knew going into that. Please don't read anything. I'm I'm laughing. I have a smile on my face when I say that. The point is we know absolutely nothing about what 
Ole Miss is going to defense. Uh, Ole Miss's defense is going to look like with Pete Golding running that side of the ball, those position groups. Yeah, that's where you have to start uh, with this team and uh, the acclimation of the portal guys. Uh, it's something that I'm going to say, and I've, I've said for, for weeks, and we'll say it for a few more weeks until the season starts. On paper, they have upgraded their depth on defense on paper. But can, especially these late arrivers, uh, acclimate and be effective? I mean, that, that'll not make or break their season, but, but that'll be the difference between them taking a massive leap defensively and, and just a small one based on, on scheme and, and scheme alone, really. But yeah, can they be effective up front of the defensive line? Do they truly have an eight-deep rotation like the paper tells you that they do now? Because there were times last year, especially after Cedric Johnson got hurt, they couldn't rush the passer. They really struggled getting after the quarterback. Some of that, people will tell you, people smarter than me say a lot of that is scheme-related, but they couldn't get after the quarterback. They could not generate pressure. And it's... I mean, a healthy Johnson and, and Ivy on the other side and then transfers. Can those guys be effective in getting after the quarterback? If that answer is no, then everything else kind of falls apart. That's how that side of the ball works. You know, on the offensive side, I, I think I've told this story in talking with Lane Kiffin leading into the the spring game for our, our coaches' meetings for the, for the TV broadcast. I thought he was a little more candid and talked openly about some of what they had done in the offseason in terms of self-scouting, things that they were disappointed in, things that they had to get better at. And one of those areas was Ole Miss was not a good short yardage team a year ago. You think about two seasons ago, how prolific they were in converting fourth downs and getting the ball into the end zone. Last year, they struggled to you know go get three yards at the goal line. They got it first and goal at the eight, not getting it into the end zone. They kicked way more field goals than they wanted to a year ago, and they also converted far fewer fourth downs than Ole Miss was used to seeing, including a couple of important ones in the in the egg bowl, mm-hmm. right? So Lane Kiffin thinks that they have identified why. There's some things that defenses did differently last year than they had done the year before. And I think his frustration as a guy who's kind of a, a football junkie and a studier of the game and a uh, you know loves to draw ball plays, I think he assumed that the things they did two years ago were going to continue to work and maybe didn't adjust to the adjustments that the defenses were making. I'm really fascinated to see if Ole Miss returns to doing well short yardage football. It could could be less that defenses adjusted and more that you didn't have Matt Corral. A guy who could make so many things happen for you with his feet and his arm. I mean, I like Dart, but he's not Corral. No, he's not. He he's not. No, they got blown thought... up up front uh, on short yardage. They they would get. Uh, they'd have like a long game. It was like run it, blitzes. Yeah, it, it was. They they say it's second that's, and nine, and they get eight yards. They'd hustle to the line and then get blown up at the point that, of attack. That and that's was, frustrating when when you like what you just said. You get eight yards on second and nine, and that's third and one, and you can't get a yard. That's incredibly frustrating. And that or, happened time or, and time again there. 
or on third and nine, you get eight yards. And it doesn't matter where you're on the field, you, you immediately go. But it's like there was an opponent game plan where it was if they hustle to the ball on fourth down, this is what they're doing because it worked so well for them. And so there was like a hot call for the defense that was like, all right, run blitz, fill gaps, blow it up. Yeah. And almost didn't adjust to that and didn't convert on fourth down with nearly as much regularity as they had done in previous seasons. So that that's one thing in particular I'm looking for on the offensive side this year. Because Ole Miss being good in short yardage situations, whether it's at the goal line or with a willingness to go for it on fourth down from any in the field, it completely changes the dynamic of the offense. Got to be better up front, too. Didn't protect well. It got exposed uh, multiple times. It got exposed in the Egg Bowl. got exposed in Baton Rouge. I mean, had two freshman tackles last year, which, as you can imagine, leads to some growing pains anyway. But new offensive line coach, continuity there. They're like top 15 in the country in returning snaps up front. Uh, does that lead to uh, another offseason, all that experience, new coach, them being better up front? Needs to be. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We are at the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series in Hattiesburg on this Friday. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky in the Pearl River Resort studio. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. we got more coming up with you. We're back right after this. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Rolling along on a Friday Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Coming to you live from Hattiesburg today. We are at the D1, D2, 8U Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. Yeah, we're giving uh, EK a hard time about all that to go on his business card. That, that's hard to put on a business card. There's a lot going on. Dixie Youth World Series. How about that? Let's yes. work with it. Uh, Betsy Mercier joins us now. She is the director of Parks and Rec here in uh, in Hattiesburg. And what a great weekend, right? For uh, it got started last night with the uh, with the opening ceremonies, rolled into tournament play today. Everybody seems to be happy and excited. Nobody's gotten eliminated yet. That's right. All, all the good Open things. Play. Yeah, all, all the good things. So, so tell me about kind of the build-up for this event. Yeah, our employees really have worked so hard. Um, you know, the program or, or the being the host site has a lot of requirements just to um, make sure that the field is their correct size. You know, we've installed a fence and um, a significant turf maintenance. Um, so our employees really have worked around the clock just to make sure that this site first is safe, but that it is um, top notch because we're excited to be in the in the realm of World Series and be in that um, host seat. So. The employees have, like I said, worked very hard to make sure, and you can see us out on the fields yeah. in between games, um, installing new bases every game, making sure that we drag the field, new chalk lines, everything like that. So they're proud to be here. Um, like you said, I think everybody's happy. It's going well so far. So far, bigger picture. So this Larry Doliak Youth Baseball Complex, and I was kind of blown away with the scale of it when I pulled in. Is this this is your domain? 
Um, this is one of many parks in Hattiesburg, actually. Okay. So this uh, Tatum Park hosts um, soccer, softball, um, a practice field for youth baseball, and then, of course, this facility, which sure. is a great facility. Um, and it, it operates year-round. So... Summer is obviously a busy time with, with baseball and softball, but you were telling me a second ago that October may be the, the busiest month on the calendar. What, why is that? Um, we, our mayor even declares that um, October is the busiest month in Hattiesburg. Okay. Um, so, you know, you get into football season, high school. Um, you know, we've got two universities in our town. Um but we are really branching into um, making Hattiesburg a sports tourism location. Right. And, and so soccer becomes a massive um, undertaking for us here. So we host um, not only rec, but select. And, and our football program here has expanded to have an adult league. So oh, really? Yeah. we um, Adult flag football. We have... Um, oh, we're not talking tackle soccer. football, I'm sorry. I was saying football as in oh, oh, F-U-T. Football. Oh, football. But yes, That's what I like. Like right we there. do That's have good stuff. yes. Appreciate that. Uh, yes, um, we do have a youth football program, um, both flag and tackle. So yeah. it, it all kind of really goes to begin in September, but runs through November. And I think with the university and our our local high schools, um, it becomes a very busy time. And something about October, you know, the weather is right. Yes, everyone wants to have an event, and we encourage it. We enjoy it a lot. We had uh, Marla on with us a little bit earlier from Visit Hattiesburg. What's the relationship like between your office and, and the, visit, the Visit Hattiesburg people? Um, I think we work really well. I think we know what Hattiesburg can be. Um, you know, I just mentioned that we want to be the premier sports tourism uh, destination in Mississippi, honestly, the Gulf region. But um, we work very well together. We know the mayor's vision. Um, we know that our facilities are top-notch in comparison to uh, surrounding cities. And they do a wonderful job of kind of just buying into that and selling it. You know, that that's their job for um, the city. And together, I think we've just really been able to have them market us better. Um, you know, we're maintenance. And we are prepared to make our, our facilities look great and serve the the players. Um, we don't necessarily have the undertaking to do the marketing, and they do an incredible job of selling that off-site. So how competitive is the attracting tournaments landscape? Um, because you talk about recognizing sports tourism and, and wanting to bring it, but Hattiesburg is not alone in that, right? You've got other cities who are trying to do the exact same thing in Mississippi, in Alabama, in Louisiana, in Texas, and, and it's turned into just a massive industry. It has. Um, it's new to me, uh, that, that kind of sector of everything. So that's where we really do lean on Visit Hattiesburg for their expertise, um, not only in selling it, but learning uh, how to market it, how to produce those packages for t- tournament officials that want to come into Hattiesburg and host. Um, so we really lean on Visit Hattiesburg to do that. But I know that it is competitive. Uh, South Alabama has some incredible facilities, and they continue to upgrade. Of When I took this uh, role six months ago, um, I started following a lot of their parks and recreation pages and um, just trying to keep up with what the competition is so I can see how we can continue to improve. Is, is this what you wanted to do? I mean, did you grow up saying, I really would like to run a parks and recreation department for a city? 
you, if you would have asked me that eight months ago, I would have probably said, no, no, I know all of those guys, and we're, we're, we work so well together. We host a lot of events in Hattiesburg, yeah. um, and that was kind of my niche. Um, I've worked directly for the mayor for the last six years, um, and we needed someone to um, fill this role. So currently I'm interim director. Okay. Um, have you enjoyed it? It's a lot of sweat as you can see right now uh, it's good i'm i'm very pr- like i said uh, in the beginning of this i'm just incredibly and proud of the employees who um i guess have embraced me but they understand my level of, of expectation and they've stepped up and i think they all are very proud of what they have produced for this weekend and that's where I you know find some pride in in the work that we do just because for them to be as proud as I am is a whole new culture it's Um, like an ownership thing for them it is yeah and um, so you've had a wardrobe shift also, right, since working in the mayor's office to uh, coming to the to work in rubber boots every day? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and I, and is, I, I made no a, dresses anymore. I made a Leslie Nope joke to you. How many do you get on average a day? A day? not Maybe not every day, but at least once a week. And I thought, I thought it was great that I asked you who the Ron Swanson was, and you said... I'm not going to tell you that. And I was like, that's exactly what Ron Swanson would tell Leslie Nope. Like, don't tell anybody who I am. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. We all have that. Yeah. Know, every office has that. Yeah. Visiting with uh, Betsy Mercier. She is the interim director of Parks and Rec in Hattiesburg. So what's left to do this weekend? Um, our employees work this entire weekend. Um, so... First on, cheer everyone on and welcome them. Um, it's been a great experience to um, see them interact with the uh, the teams and the other officials. So um, primarily we want to make sure that they enjoy their experience. Um, but we will continue to every game flip fields. We will continue to replace um, the bases and we will do turf maintenance overnight. Um, and then we come in at 6 to just make sure that Everything is running. We've checked restrooms and late, late night, early start. Yes, first to, start. first to come, last to leave. We were laughing. We were both just looking around. We were trying to figure like, out where what the is radio that noise? Was. It's, it's you. Like, who is it that's got the radio that just keeps squawking? And we're like, oh, there it is. It's like we've been doing this for two and a half hours, and I hadn't heard that. It's like, where is it? But hey, when you're the boss lady, you gotta you're gotta leave it on. You gotta know what's going on. And I, I got a code red. We gotta get out there and fix it. I told no one that I was coming up here. So oh I just kind of sneaked off. So I'm just, they, the whole time I, I had Alex go close the door because I thought it was coming from in there, and I'm just like, and then finally they were like, it's hard. Oops. I apologize. It's, uh, it's all good. It's fine. Um, look, we've had much worse happen on live radio. We we can promise you that. Good. Uh, Betsy Mercier. So. Um, I just ask you what's left. I mean, it's it's more of the same. It's about keeping the tournament running, uh, and then big picture in terms of transitioning after this. It's uh, it's t- uh, take a breather for this long. Yes. Well, um, I guess what most people don't know is that our employees also take care of many other parks. I'd mentioned that we've got other yeah. facilities across the city. Um, we also maintain the right of way in Hattiesburg landscaping, um, and so so all of that. All of that. It is a. Um, it is not just baseball. Well, how hands on have you got? I mean, are you like driving zero turn mowers and yes. like chalking fields and pulling? Um, I don't think deal? I've upgraded to chalking fields. Um, my straight line is not up to par, but yeah, that's actually kind of a big deal. Like that line has to be straight. And they have perfected it, and uh, it is 
one of those instant gratification kind of things. Yeah. It's great. See, um, to me, that's the great thing about mowing grass. Instant gratification when you're on a lawnmower. 100%. Why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow the lawn? I, I'm with you. <laughs> and, and on that note. I couldn't resist throwing that in. All of and time. on that note. Uh, I love it. It looks fantastic. Thank uh, you. Everything. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, it's, uh, it's very clear. That the employees that you talked about have put in a ton of work to uh, pull this off and yeah. make it look as good as it is. We have, we have. Um, I'm not sure what other communities um, have done to upgrade their facilities, but we recently hired a sports turf superintendent. Um, his name's Todd Hawkins. He previously was with the university, um, and he has tremendously raised the bar for this division of employees. And as you can see in the quality of the grass, just yeah. he knows what he's doing and it shows. And it is just, pr- I'm so proud to just have that on the World Series level um, and to have Hattiesburg's name in that. Um, it's been incredible to see people go up to him and say, hey, hey it looks fantastic. this looks amazing. Yeah, it's really man. cool. Really cool. Betsy, thanks so much for your thanks, time. Betsy. Thank you all. Betsy Mercier, who is uh, Interim Director of uh, Parks and Recs here in Hattiesburg where we are in town for the Dixie Youth Baseball 2023 D1 and D2 World Series. We'll take a time out. More with you after this on Sports Talk Mississippi. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Wrapping up the 4 o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today in Hattiesburg at the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and uh, joined now by Freddie Triplett, who is the tournament chair. All right, so we talked to Tommy Reams earlier. He says he says he's the tournament director. You're the tournament chair. What's the difference? Probably more of a congenial tournament director. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Ch- the chair is far If I look and find your right? picture, you're smiling and happy. Yeah, I'm smiling. He's probably fussing at a okay. coach or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it's okay. You know, almost, uh, you know, I'm the director of Hattiesburg Dixie Youth Baseball. We're hosting, help hosting this tournament. So this is our park. Uh, you know, we're fired up about the people's here from 11 different states. And uh, so that's, that's probably the main district. He'll handle what's in between the white lines, and I'll handle everything around the park. All right, so let's go to Pete Taylor Park last night. Uh, there are a lot of people that have, have talked glowingly about the opening ceremonies. Tell, just tell us a little bit more about it. Well, you know, it's funny what you'll find. Uh, I was trying to find an event or an entertainer or somebody that would engage with these kids. You know, they're eight-year-olds, eight year and if we all have kids, we know it, sometimes it's tough to, you know, do something for them. But we found this guy called Steve Max. He's a Yankee. He's from New York. Yeah, he does NBA games, um, uh, hospital, you know, different types of entertainment. He first told me, "No, I'm not coming to South Mississippi. It's going to be 100 degrees. We're not going to do that." And I talked him into. I said, "No, it's not going to rain. Come on, you know." And so anyway, <laughs> last night we had over a thousand people there, and uh, you know, he hit it out of the park. The the kids engaged with him for about 20 minutes. It was a Simon Says type deal. Yeah, I uh, found him googling on the. Uh, on the internet late at night, so you know, watch what you Google. And um, anyway, it all worked out, 
and the kids loved it. I think they'll have a good memory for it. The parents uh, enjoyed it, and so it's a good time had by all. So, so what were you searching like? Like halftime entertainment shows, well, can't just even remember like what I trying to, to yeah, just one of those anytime rabbit you know, holes you get down. And like, we've all been to these different. You know, events where you, you have a singer or you have a band and you have fireworks, they pop and you go home. And I'm yeah. just looking for something different that the kids would like. And uh, it seemed, seemed, they seem to like it. Everybody today, is, is, they made comments again. And uh, it was a great time. City, city, you know, fathers were there. The, the, the Southern Miss was just uh, great hospitality yeah. and hosts. So it was nice. Well, and, and to me, there's also the element of, okay, these kids are on a college baseball field that two months ago was hosting the right. NCAA Baseball Super Regional. That's right. And they're eight. But they're also dreamers, right? I mean, that's it, right, it's that's funny. Right. It's about this age where you start going, oh, well, yeah. maybe I could play college, or I, I want to be a big leaguer when that's I grow right. up. So, you know, they got that feel of the turf. Uh, look, we we didn't even boo Tennessee when they came on the field. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was good. But, uh, you know, Brian Dozier threw out the first pitch. So, you know, they get to shake hands with him, take pictures with him. And, yeah. you know, what a great uh, class guy he is. And um, it, it, was, it was just a good time. They had a really nice time. All right. So, tell me, is this unique to Dixie Youth Baseball? One of the things that, that Hey Dad and I noticed as we were walking in today, most of the uniforms – that the teams are wearing from different states mirror a college uniform. We saw Tennessee in their black yeah. jerseys with the block. Arkansas had on the, the A. We've got Texas wearing uniforms yeah. that are just like Texas. The team from Louisiana had uniforms. Yeah, they were you know all white uniforms, right. purple and gold. Has that become a thing? It, it has. It has. Uh, I think that because there's that, you know, this is not a pay-to-play. I mean, you, you earn your way through on the Dixie Youth program. And so they, they lean towards those, the, you know, those those type of college atmospheres, yeah. if you will. And so uh, it's it's great, great for us. We've got two two teams from Mississippi, two hosts uh, from Mississippi. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's neat that they do that. Has Dixie Youth Baseball held on to the model that many of us grew up with where you play in a rec league and then there's an all-star team that comes from all the leagues and that turns into the postseason team? That's what you're seeing. Now, this is my 42nd year here. I know I don't look that young. but That's okay. And, and you know, it has evolved. There's, there's no doubt about it. And for those of us, maybe old-timers, that are, are, are afraid, if you will, of uh, that that select type ball right. uh we, we need to embrace it a little bit um i'm pure I, I love rec i don't think there's anything like rec uh you know in, in the world just that camaraderie that you have with your fellow guys in the in the world but we have we have a select team within our rec program now you've got to play rec to be on that team and you get some some do's and don'ts on that but you know what it does it keeps them here in rec yeah. And they do play weekend ball at that. So, you know, Monday through Thursday they're playing rec. On the weekends they're playing select. And it has a, has a good balance and everything. And, and again, I you know, let them play football, basketball, track, whatever, too. I'm, you know, I, I think they need to rest their arms uh, on the, on the, in the fall. No, no doubt about that. And, and I know that's one of the things that is really focused on once you get into the ages where kids are pitching, we only got about 30 seconds left, yeah. but, but arm care and, and not allowing exactly. kids' arms to You know, this used. weekend, what's so great about AUs, we don't have to worry about that. It's, it's, coach, it's, pitch, it's yeah. coach pitch. It's some old dad, and he's doing that. But, uh, you know, look, if we can teach him more about the, the game of life, you know what I'm saying, how to, how to act, how to yes sir, no sir, how to behave, how to, you know, have a little uh, get up and go with your, your fellow 
fellow player, man, that's we're gonna we're gonna be on top of things. Freddie, you have uh, you and all your team, everybody here has made us feel welcome today. We appreciate well, we uh, try. the chance we try. to be we, here we, and a great event. All right, man. We appreciate y'all coming by. Absolutely. Right. We'll take a time out. Five o'clock hour, college football fix. Then it's Food Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today at Hattiesburg at the Dixie Youth Baseball 8U World Series. Sports Talk Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. o'clock hour. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Welcome to the weekend. Good to be with you. Brian Haydad, Michael Borkey, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks. It's been a busy week. It's been a fun week. Covered a lot of ground and we are one week closer to the start of the college football season. Sports Talk Mississippi comes to you every day from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. Home of the Geyser Falls Water Park. That'd be a way to cool off this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be about 98 on the uh, on the old outdoor thermostat that you don't have a control to. Like, you can control your thermostat. You can't control yes. the outdoor one. It's going to be uh, a little toasty. And uh, it's not so toasty if you are... What? I, I've done that to you two or three times today. I'm just picturing... You know, because dads, right? We're, we're we're funny about the thermostat. Uh huh. Just picturing, like, all of a sudden, you get like a a, a, a a July day where it's like seventy-eight, and the good Lord just saying, "Who's messing with the thermostat?" It's it's uh yeah. Uh, I don't know why that popped into my head, but it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, so you can't adjust the thermostat out the side, but you can't cool off at Geyser Falls Water Park in the uh, in the Lazy River, or the Wave Pool, or on one of the slides, or under the big bucket. That why do I have this fascination with the big bucket that dumps water on your head? We you need to, next water time we're at, at we yeah. need to have that needs to happen to at, get you down there. That would be good. I am transfixed by those when, when I'm in a water park. I, I just can't because you want to see the it dump. You want to see like you're just like oh it's about to do it. it's about to do it it's about yeah, to do it yeah and yeah it's anticipate it's antissa. Patient. Patient. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, check out geyserfalls.com for more information, ticket information, hours of operation, and more. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Whether you are looking for the best in wireless, the best in home Internet, or the best in business IT services, Ceasefire has you covered. Learn more online at ceasefire.com. Uh, before, hold on, hold on, just just a sec. Borky had that itchy trigger finger. He was ready. He was just about to. He hit was the locked button. and loaded with, with CBS theme. There, uh, we are because of the nature of the the show today, uh, a little limited on our time to get to some sports news things. So we'll get to the college football fix in just a second. But really big news that was not what Mississippi State fans were hoping for that came late yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. as it pertains to baseball. Um, there had been like the Luke Holman watch yeah. for a while, um, and it was apparently between Mississippi State, Tennessee, and LSU, and then it came down to Mississippi State and LSU, and 
Ultimately, the uh, the reigning national champions um, won out, and Luke Holman announced that he was headed to swing and a miss to Baton Rouge. Yeah, and that's two years in a row now where State has lost out on a potential Friday night starter. Uh, to LSU, not that I'm comparing Luke Holmes to Paul Skeens. Yeah, he he, he is not Paul Skeens. I think Luke He's Holmes good. is a very good pitcher. He is not Paul Skeens, but he would have been been at the front of Mississippi State's rotation without any doubt in my mind, in my opinion. Um, so that's a tough one because I, I said back in May, and I said, I've been saying it anytime I've talked about it that getting a Friday night guy out of the portal was priority one for Chris Limonis and staff. And it doesn't appear like that's going to happen. Uh, there's still a couple of pitchers out there, maybe some you know decent arms, but there's not the guy that you can just put out there on Friday night, pencil him in. That's my guy. I'm good. Yeah, I don't have to worry about it. So we'll see what happens next. Obviously, everybody's watching out for Braden Montgomery. Uh, right. See if he ends up at Mississippi State. I mean, I, I don't know if that he will. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just I feel like Mississippi State is a tough sell right now because elite players want to win. And Mississippi State the last two years has not shown you that they can do that. And I know it's not that far removed from a national title, but in some ways it feels like it was a million years ago. So we'll see what happens with Montgomery. And if Montgomery comes, that's a really good, dangerous lineup. And they're going to have to be because they didn't really do a great job improving the pitching staff through the portal. The other thing that is is fascinating to me to watch is – is Luke Holman a front of the rotation guy at LSU? Is he going to be yeah, their Friday night guy like he was at Alabama last year? Or is that job going to go to Thatcher Hurd, who performed ridiculously well on mm-hmm. a massive stage in the College World Series? Or Ty Floyd. So I said Ty Floyd last night. Is he back? I think he's back. You know what? What if we had a device? If there was a device. So... Uh, I know Michael Borky loves about it when we talk. Well, he would select the number 38 overall. Yeah, he's got to be gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Thatcher Hurd is the answer. I know Borky loves it when we talk about college baseball during the college football fix. During the college football fix when we're a month away from the start of college football? Yeah. But it felt like that was a story we, we had to squeeze that one at in. Least so touch on. That being said, I mean, Borky. I did put it in the notes today. So, so uh, like, if you're going to, you know, make me look bad for not wanting to talk about it, I, like, told you no, to no. talk oh, about it. I'll make no, no. you look bad. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with that. The only thing it had to do with was uh, he just wanted to needle me. A little less time to uh, to get to all of the things this afternoon, but we do still have time for the college football fix. That's my Christmas carol right there. That's my joy to the world. That's the holiday season I celebrate. Did you see where they rolled the uh, the CBS music on top of some soccer highlights too? Ugh. All right, and yeah. I like it was I, rough. I like soccer. I know you do, but that's blasphemy. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buy Ford now and find out why the best selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. So we talked earlier today about the uh, the Big 12 and the, the transition and Pac-12. So let's set that aside for a little while. And let's talk about something far more interesting. This feels like this feels like a swerve. Jeremy Pruitt, okay, no, 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 you're right. PE it's not a teacher. Swerve. It's not a swerve. Jeremy Pruitt, PE teacher. Um, former Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt 
has been hired as the PE teacher at Plainview High School in Alabama, mm-hmm. according to WVLT in Knoxville. It is near his hometown of Rainsville, Alabama. Because of the NCAA infractions case from his time at Tennessee, uh, Jeremy Pruitt has a six-year show cause. So mm-hmm. six years in which he cannot, um, for all practical purposes, he cannot be part of a college football coaching staff. Yes. Uh, head coach at Tennessee from 2018 to 2020. His tenure in, uh, ended with a uh, an array of self-reported NCAA violations. Um, just a few hundred, not a big deal. Clay Travis must be so proud of what came from the, the coup that he orchestrated a few years ago. The uh, ruling earlier this summer has <laughs> He doesn't mention that, that anymore. Uh, imagine that. Remember how he used to uh, He's onto a new grift. everybody. Uh, back when uh, Shiano was about to be the coach and all that, I mean, he used to go on and on about how he was right and they were wrong, and suddenly he's not right anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's the darndest thing. It's just kind of moved on to uh, to new topics. Yeah. So uh, the NCAA found that Tennessee had committed hundreds of violations. Did, did you see the story yesterday that said the scope of the violations and the people involved was actually much larger than what the NCAA punished Tennessee for. That they were taking parking lot attendance and giving them passcodes to give to high school players so they didn't have to pay for parking while they were there. Another violation. Can't do that. I mean, it was... <laughs> it, it may be the sloppiest. It's rough. It's really rough. If it's not the sloppiest, it is one of the sloppiest cheating scandals in college football history. And that is why Jeremy Pruitt, a man who has been a coordinator for Florida State and for Alabama and the head coach of one of the premier SEC football programs and premier programs in the country, will be leading, you know, seventh grade calisthenics. This year, and you know, telling kids, "Hey, it's okay. We're going to bring in the, v- the the TV today, so we can watch the NCAA tournament." Yeah, he uh, he doesn't necessarily strike me as somebody that I would love for my kid kid to have as a PE teacher because I think PE yeah. is really important, and I think PE teachers, especially at young ages, kind of kind of shape how, lives. How motivated can he be to do this job? Does his wife work at the school, right? Oh, that's a problem, though. She's an enabler. Yeah, she's a rider. She, she was as big a part of this scandal as anybody. Uh, I mean, I mean, who's going to be the first to give him an enabler? Ride or die. Ride or die. She awesome. is, man. I, I mean, she you, is. You got to fight. You got to find yourself you a, a woman, woman like as Mr. devoted Jeremy to you Pruitt. as as Miss Pruitt is. You know, going to Chick Fil A and picking up bags of cash for recruits. Yeah. Who's going to be the first, cash. though? Where is he going to be an analyst first? Because show causes don't affect your ability to be an analyst. You can do that anywhere, think, anytime. I think Saban doesn't want that stink, so not not there. You know, if, if Lane Kiffin's to be believed, there is a friendship between the two of them. Oh, no. What about A&M? Didn't he, he worked for Jimbo at Florida State, right? Man, that's a no-brainer. If you if he'd be willing to come be an analyst for your staff, you get him to come be an analyst for your staff. All joking aside, all that stuff with that experience and forty thousand dollars, whatever you pay the analysts, yeah, he's worth having around. We had this discussion right after he got fired about him becoming an assistant somewhere, and we were all like, eh, "No, that's not going to happen." But as an analyst, you can you can get away with it a little bit. Was he actually that good? He's a good coordinator. 
Yeah. Think about okay. it's an analyst you're talking about. It's not like he's running your defense. Yeah, yeah. That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We'll be back right after this. It's a Food Friday coming up next. Who's bad? It's a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Did I hear correctly during the did, did Houston just say when you get up you look to walk you look like Fred I look Sanford? like Fred Sanford he said <laughs> just just the first step though oh that's good <laughs> you big dummy that's really good what a great show that was oh it's fantastic oh me sports talk Mississippi got, with you a little champagne and ripple mixed together I call it champipple if you are looking for a new Ford truck. Uh, the Belk Ford in Oxford on Highway 6 is the place to go. Regardless of where you live in the state of Mississippi, you're on the coast, you're in the Pine Belt, you're in central Mississippi, make the drive to North Mississippi and uh, let the folks at Belk Ford help you out. Family company, they've been a Ford dealership since uh, the early 1960s, and uh, they will treat you like family. They'll treat you like you want to be treated when you walk into a car dealership. No pushy sales tactics, no trying to get you into something you either don't want or can't afford. They've got the best financing options that are available. They will help you figure out the uh, the payment structure, the payment plan that, that you need, and they'll get you in the vehicle that you want. And let me just tell you, I am driving a Ford F-150 from Belk Ford in Oxford. Yes. I have done that for a really long time. And the old F-150 was good to me yesterday. We we, uh, we yeah. put some miles going up and down the road, and then I picked up a passenger uh, leaving Pearl. Brian Haydad jumped in the passenger seat. Good, smooth ride. Uh, so whether you're in town or on the road, you're going to love it. Test drive one at Belk Ford and uh, let them help you out with your next automobile port purchase. That's Belk Ford. You can find them online at BelkFord.net. Belk Ford in Oxford. Do you know what time it is? I do. It's time for a Food Friday. Got to get music and a we do. thing that we gotta goes with We got to figure something this. out. We've got to get if music. If Will East is listening, make this happen immediately. A Food Friday is brought to you by Polk's. We drove by the Polk's factory we did. yesterday. We should have just The world in. headquarters. And then like we're here and I was for like, it. look at that. The building's <laughs> massive uh, between, well, between McGee and, uh, I guess, right there. It's between Jackson and Hattiesburg. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, yes, uh, polksmeat.com. That's the website. You can find the Polk's Meat products that they've got available there. You can find recipes and suggestions. Be sure to follow them on uh, on Instagram. That is a good Instagram account. Yeah. But more importantly, when you go to your local grocery store, pick up uh, the Polk's Meat products that you like the most, whether it's the uh, Cajun smoked sausage, the garlic and green onion smoked sausage, also the good. original smoked sausage, also or good. the original beef smoked sausage. Also good. Yeah. Uh, you can't find one that you don't like. One of my favorites is the uh, the ham sliders. That's what I call them because they are, they are pre-cut pieces of ham to slider size that go perfectly on a biscuit. They are wonderful. Also good. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the thing. So... What are you cooking this weekend? You getting around the grill? You uh, going to the uh, to the flat iron? Are you going to the oven? Hey, Dad told us he's got a new oven and there's some lasagna on the horizon. That's for Sunday. Tell, tell me something else that's happening. So this weekend, 
what, what's happening with me right now is I'll, when I cook something, almost immediately, like the next day, I think about what I want to cook next. Yeah. And so I've just been on this schedule in my head, and I've been working through it, right? I did chicken tacos last week. They were great. But I had done turkey breast prior to that. That had been on my brain for a while and so on and so forth. So I've had country-style ribs coming up. I've been thinking about country-style ribs. You have piqued my attention. But went to the grocery store twice this week before I left. I had to leave yesterday. No country-style ribs. Mm. But I'm a man of ingenuity. I'm a man, I'm a man of, of, many, uh, of many good things. So I just bought a pork butt. And I'm going to make my own country-style ribs out of that. And those are going to go on the grill and, the, and get smoked uh, tomorrow. Are you saying that I'm not a man of ingenuity? Well, I, I thought that was... Um, no, I, a man of ingenuity went, and then like you couldn't come up I with couldn't what come to the next say thing. next. And so you were, I didn't like, have any ingenuity I'm about a man that. of many things. A man it's of like, constant what, sorrow. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, can they be ribs if they don't have well, bones that's, that's in That's the them? thing. I mean, yeah. They're not really Country-style ribs. ribs are not ribs. Yeah, but they've got little. No? Huh? No. Country-style ribs are cut from the pork butt. They're not ribs in okay. any way, shape, or form. So Even you, if they have a bone in them. So what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut it prior to the bone, Yeah. and then I'll just have a big chunk of like pork steak, basically, and I'll figure something out with that okay. on another day. But the rest of them I will cut and portion into country-style ribs, get them a couple hours worth of smoke, and then put them in a pan. I'm going to braise them in a mixture of like barbecue sauce, vinegar, hot sauce, uh, chicken stock, and then throw some butter and brown sugar over the top. Mm-hmm. Let it all melt and braise and be tender. As I have an oven this week, I'm going to roast some potatoes. Okay. Because I haven't done that in a while. I like, I like roasted potatoes. Borky, what is the uh, what is the cooking plan for the weekend? Uh, I'm going to use the text line for infor, uh, for inspiration, not information. Well, I guess that, too. Yeah, uh, I've got a, I've got a big old bag of shrimp, and I don't know I don't know what I'm going to do with it just yet. I, I've got Bold it. Scrimp, because, fried scrimp, grilled scrimp, oh, yeah. all sorts of ways to eat scrimp. M- many ways, <laughs> but I, I want something a little bit creative. So I'm going to kind of go to the the text line here and hope somebody can uh, can help me out. That's all I've got. I'm willing to get more stuff, but that's got to be the base, I mean, like the, the focal point of whatever I'm making. It's got to be You're sure. from South Carolina. Get some sausage, get some potatoes and corn, and do you a little low yeah, country boil. I do those a lot, though. I'm, I'm looking for okay. a little creativity. I've got okay. like a okay. five-gallon pot that I'll do like personal I know what to do. I know what to in. tell you. You've done this recipe before, too. The Malcolm Reed shrimp and grits. I have. That's Ooh. that's a winner. Ooh, because it's like a New Orleans style barbecue shrimp. With the, and you and it comes. You got to put the pork salt, Cajun sausage in there. That that might be the way to go. Ooh, I might or do just some, some barbecue, barbecue shrimp. shrimp too. Yeah, barbecue, Malcolm's got a recipe for that as well. You can check out. Man, nothing like spending a week working out and working out and working out and just eating a whole loaf of French bread to, to top it all off. <laughs> that, 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 that you're dipping in like four sticks of butter. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's fine. You know what the solution? Hey, you, you know what the solution is? Mm. Don't, don't work spend out. the entire week working out. Yeah, just don't work out. Yeah, come on now. What's wrong with you? Uh, that's a, uh, these are all good ideas. I so, hope the text line is delivering too. Yeah. So so I'm thinking about running it back. Uh, we uh, we had the fish that we brought home from from vacation this summer that we caught while we were mm-hmm. um, were down in Florida mm-hmm. and. We did fish on the grill last yeah. Saturday night, uh, and it was really good. But I'm thinking about running it back. So we've got some red snapper left. Okay. 
and I, I made it a little it was a little on the spicy side. Like I could have taken it a good bit spicier than it was. Yeah. But the kids were like kind of on edge. And so what I'm thinking about is doing a couple of the packages, you know, thawing them that we've got. Mm-hmm. Doing some of the spicier for me, and mm-hmm. then going back to kind of my old salmon recipe where I, I mix up some honey and some mustard and put a little Lowry's in there, yeah. and then hit the um, the citrus pretty hard on yeah. that as well. So give them kind of a sweet citrusy finish, and uh, do that. That's a good plan. With uh, some corn on the cob, mm-hmm. some fresh watermelon, yeah, and if I can... Well, either do corn on the cob or get Jane to make the corn salad. She does that corn salad during the summertime mm-hmm. where you slice the corn off the cob, mix in some cucumbers. There's some, I don't know, some kind of creamy dressing that goes in with yeah. it. Get some small tomatoes. I mean, that is like mm, so good in the summertime. Gave that the chef's kiss there if you're watching yeah. on Super Talk TV. Yeah. All right, so uh, what about the ceasefire text line? Tony in Columbia, me and my son caught these on Monday, going to grill the scales down. That is a ice box that is full of fish. What kind of fish are those, Tony? Can you guys tell from just looking at the upside down there in the ice in the water? I don't have the text line. So. Uh, Jimbo, Borky, he sent you your his email and said he'd shoot you a couple of shrimp recipes. Love it. That uh, Jimbo's... Jimbo's good. That that would be a that's a good call. Email. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just telling you on that. Uh, let's see here. CC sending us uh, Fred Sanford quotes. <laughs> Keith and JS says he is preparing fajitas. Oh, there yeah, you go. Look good. Yeah. He's got shrimp and chicken. Is there a little bit of beef that's in there also? Looks like it. I think so. Yeah. So he's got all the uh, options. He's got onions and peppers and mushrooms all ready to go. That's the number 45 where I go. Say what? That's the number 45 where, where I go. Oh, okay. That's that's what their number is. Well, he's not, he's not paying anybody else to do it. He's no, no, it no. He's doing it the right way. All right. Dwayne and Brandon's going black and shrimp tacos. Tony and Columbia's fish were red snapper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I got you. Uh, nice ones. Uh, boneless, skinless thighs stuffed with cream cheese and jalapeno wrapped in bacon with barbecue beans loaded with ground meat wrapped in bacon. Gosh, dog. Uh, yes, please. A lot going on there. Uh, somebody said they're going with Jimmy Buffett's Cheeseburgers in Paradise tonight. It's a good yeah. Friday theme song. They're going to fix them just like that. Uh, marinated London broil Ooh. is on the charcoal right now. Underrated cut. Shrimp on a Barbie to celebrate <laughs> the new Barbie movie. There you go. Do you see uh, Mississippi? Barbie, might. So Barbie and Oppenheimer got released at the same time. And yeah. Mississippi is the number one state in the country that leans Barbie in terms of what we watched. We're a Barbie state, apparently. A bunch of Barbie. My girls oldest daughter watched here. it twice, so my oldest watched it once. I guess we're we're contributing. Uh, Borky has seen it nine times. Borky, somebody nine suggested times. the uh, Mr. B's barbecue shrimp recipe. That's a good one. Lucas and Union went with garlic shrimp pasta. Said he would be happy to send you the uh, the recipe. So we got a lot. We got a lot of suggestions. Thank you for being part of Food Friday presented by Polks. No buts about it, folks. Picky people. Pick Polks. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. 
give a peek behind the curtain. Give a what? <laughs> a peek behind the curtain. Excuse me. Yeah, sure. Um, you ever have somebody that's so frustrated with something you do that they actually do something nice for you that turns into an incredibly useful thing? Like they, they kind of do it out of spite? So, Caleb Hamill, who has been a... Oh, yeah. He's listened to this show for a long time. He, he works with us true. Uh, on some, some local high school he's football broadcasts. He's standing right there at some point this uh, At Super Talk. Um, he, uh, he he knows some of the people that are involved with some advertising right. on our show. He's a radio guy, too. Uh, radio guy. You know, a lot of, lot of connections here. Yeah. Um, I think it really frustrated Caleb that on a pretty regular basis, perhaps more often than I would like to admit, I was still talking when the commercial started. Straight into the break. Like, it just happened. So if if we were in the Jackson studio every day, we've got these big, fancy computer screens that have got logs, and they show commercials and what's yeah. coming up and time and what bump music's playing and all of that stuff. Well, Don't have that knock. I didn't have any of that no. in my studio. I, it didn't really matter how many times I asked Houston for it. He, You know, he's like, yeah, we'll, 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 Houston we'll, the we'll get to that one day. Ah, you don't really need that gracious. there. We just and, and, and so Caleb, instead of like calling and being like, you know, you really should do a better job. Hey, dummy. He didn't. He didn't. Hey, dummy me. He just went out and invented something. The Caleb clock. We have a clock that shows us exactly how long the segments mm-hmm. are, exactly how long the breaks are, and changes color. Changes when we need colors to know. when you know from from solid yellow to blinking yellow when we get down to a minute, and then it starts blinking red when right. we're inside ten seconds. Yeah. Uh, and, and and we take it everywhere we go. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's I, a web-based invention. I wouldn't know how to bread. do that. Caleb Block. Where does ice cream fit into that? Sliced bread. Caleb Top ten. Block. Top ten. Is ice cream above or below sliced bread? Sliced bread is the greatest invention. Why? I mean, it's sliced bread. Have you ever heard this, the phrase "greatest things in sliced no, bread"? No, I, I have. Well, I just go with. I have. Let's go with that. You know. Is it really though? Is it one of the greatest inventions of all time? Do you like sandwiches? Yeah, but then I mean, yes, it's I, one of the greatest I could, inventions. I could tear bread and throw meat or that's just condiments like a, that's not a sandwich. What about the zipper? It's up there. It's up there. Before that, we were all tying our pants together. Yeah, it's like we invented the zipper, and then for like a, a, a spell in the nineties, they tried to make the button fly a thing. Like, why would I make it more complicated? Yeah, the it, zipper was the yeah, best was, invention. That's yeah, the best that was, iteration of that. I'm sorry, the best what? Iteration of that? Iteration? How do you Iter- say it? Iteration? Itera- is it really iteration? Have I been saying it wrong my whole life? Seriously? Okay, but before you hit me. No shot. Am I wrong? You're, you're trolling, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not trolling. It, it, I'm just an idiot. It, iteration. Okay, that's fine. Iteration. But somebody on the text line the other day called you out for the way you say a word, and you didn't say anything. What was the word? So... And I, I want to hear you say it again. What was what did Andy Kennedy claim in his lawsuit with his wife? What was the loss of? Starts with a C. Yeah. Um. I can't remember what the word is. Well, you were you were you've used it a lot recently. It's consortium, not consortium. That's consortium. that way you say it. Yes, it's consortium. Okay. 
So you know what? Today we're just going to have to wear that we don't know how to say certain words. What, what do you mean that I use that word a lot? We had a, a there was a couple weeks ago where we, I don't remember the topic, but you just kept bringing up consortium. Oh, like a group of people coming together. Yeah. It was yeah yeah. And somebody actually said something to us. They're like, are we ever going to address the way Richard says consortium? Yeah, I'm going to do a little digging on that. Yeah. Make sure that one of us wow. is. Yeah, you're wrong. Yeah. I clearly am. But I, but you don't feel bad because I've was. i been no, saying no, no, no. iteration they're, wrong. They're, all they're, they're very clearly on MerriamWebster.com two yeah. ways to pronounce the word. There is uh, consortium. The one way is the American consortium. way. The other way is the Russian way. You're saying it the Russian way. No. Nah, I'm pretty sure. Well, you're the guy that cheers for Russia, so that really well, doesn't make sense. I don't sense cheer now, for Russia. Whatever, communist. <sighs> See, he's such a child. 601-879-4395. If um, you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> In any iteration you'd like to give to us. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying it wrong my whole life. Forky, do you agree on consortium? Oh, I, I don't use that word. I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> That's not a borky word, yeah. <laughs> but yes, consortium is an alternate pronunciation of that, that word. I, I, except for the fact that very clearly it is. When you write a dictionary... Anybody can put anything it, on no, the no. internet. We, we, and yet we go to Merriam-Webster, who's kind of been doing it for a while. Eh, we're not talking about Encyclopedia Haydad here. It, it's, it, I mean, I'm just saying. You're just wrong, though. <laughs> Am I? Let me just take this point and argue it because I think I'm right when in truth I'm wrong. But you know what? To heck with it. I'm just going to argue it anyway. I mean, you did that with Ole Miss football all last year. Well, what argument was that? They were good. They were? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you are what your record says you are. All right, I was wrong. Were, I'm wrong. But I'm wrong. I still think I, I've never heard it pronounced that way until you said it like that a few weeks ago, and I was just like, "Did he say consortium?" Yeah, Russ and Tupelo says consortium. Uh, Dave and Ripley uh-huh. fires in on the ceasefire text line with Boris Haydad. What do you call me, Boris? Boris. Do not call me that. It's not my name. Uh, Boris would be. Um, uh, to make you Natasha? Yeah. You. And, and Borky is bullwinkle. Oh, my. What happens when you ask Google how you pronounce C-O-N-S-O-R-T-I-U-M? What does it say? Uh, sounds like consortium. I don't know if that's accurate. Though. It says it's the American That's why I use Bing. <laughs> you know, that's a lot. That is the least surprising thing I have ever heard you say in your life. Nobody uses Bing. It's it's actually shocking to me that you don't have an Android phone. I, I had one until when I got this job. I had an Android, and the, the Super Talk was kind enough to buy me an iPhone. Yeah, they were like, "We actually wanted you to take like videos and stuff, and we need you have a good phone." And I was like, "All right, I got. I'm with it's you." Like, Once you take said video, we need you to be able to send it in a way that we yeah. can receive it. We don't we don't need those pixels. Yes, uh, Dwayne and Brandon, worst thing in the world: button flies. <laughs> Terrible. Who who thought that up? He, he says he. Oh, no. Is it that bad? He just said, you know, from a timing standpoint, there wasn't enough. <laughs> Once. That's, that's, uh, that's a, uh, don't you love how I rephrase things? <laughs> that's the way you said it. It's a pause. Once. <laughs> so. 
We are coming to you from the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball D1, D2 World Series in Hattiesburg. Um, Everybody's looking at me. They're like, what's wrong with that guy? And and they're either amused or not. And I'm not sure. I'm going not for most of them. It's either. I'm not sure there's any in between. It's. How much longer are they on the radio before like, they who just are those leave? Idiots. Or do you think they'd hang around for a couple hours? No, nah, here anyway. I don't think that's it, no. buddy. Uh, no, probably, uh, probably not. <laughs> Still, that was funny, Dwayne. But probably not. Uh, very good, very good, Boris. Um, <laughs> da. What is the highest thing on your to-do list? Okay. All right, Borky. So we got we got five weeks to the big weekend. You can kind of you can kind of do a little bit of both four weeks from this Saturday, right? right. You still got time to take care of some Honey stuff that is on the to do list yeah. and watch some football. Yeah, but five weeks from Saturday, it's a different it's deal. Football. You're either coming to Hattiesburg, mm-hmm. you're going to Starkville, you're going, you're going to Oxford, yeah. or you're staying home, but you're staying Locked home in. so that you can right fully embrace right. What is the thing that is highest on the list of to-do for you between now and five weeks from Saturday? We kind of took care of it with getting the new oven in. Because I was like, we need that. We're going to need to be able to cook things other than... You're limiting my side options, Mm -hmm. Jennifer. And so we got the new oven. That that might be... Now? Yeah. (sighs) I don't really know. Borky, what about you? I uh, got to finish uh, the the back porch and replacing all the wood on it, and then I need to. How, how far along are you? Are you at like eighty percent now? Because you've been doing it seventy five, eighty. Okay, all right. All and, right. and I'm running into some issues too with with underneath, and it, it's a a porch that was built thirty years ago and hadn't been touched since, and yeah. that leads to problems. But I don't think the trim, it, like the the bottom trim, I guess is what it's called. Uh, all throughout the house has ever been touched up, ever. You with paint? I, I wouldn't say good or bad, but you know, I just use painter's tape no. and it's all good. But no, no, I'm, I'm saying has it been touched up in terms of painting? Yeah, hadn't been touched so up like, in terms so like of painting. Baseboard, and, sport around, and, and a couple of them need to be replaced altogether. Yeah. Uh, but so that's the thing to accomplish in the next month and a week uh, before football starts, because I'm not doing it any other weekend after that. There you go. What about you? Oh. He's got to move into a new house. <laughs> I uh, I think the list is long and distinguished. Yeah, I bet it is. There's a lot that's got to be done between now. And you think now. all the days off you take, you could have some time to do that. That's right. Because when I yes, <laughs> uh, I actually started this week on a major garage cleanout. Oh goodness! And there is a storage unit. Like we have side by side storage units yeah. that neither are full. That has to be consolidated into one. Good luck. We'll be back. We'll wrap it up with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi at the Dixie Youth World Series. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Well, cheat code for broadcasting. It's always easier to broadcast a game when, especially a basketball game, when there are names on the back of the jerseys. Numbers yeah. the most important. Name is the best. Equally, 
really easy to talk to somebody for the first time when they have their name on their shirt right like there. Keith Greenlee you does. can't mess that up. Uh, if you can, you're bad at your job. You know, just, uh, just, just made it really, really easy for us. Keith Greenlee is the national director of Dixie Youth Baseball, and uh, what a great event this is. Uh, it's a fun age when you're talking about eight and under. Uh, still coach pitch. Kids seem to be having a blast, and it appears to be going very, very smoothly. It, it's going really, really well. This is the best age group that I think Dixie has. Uh, these kids. Tommy said the exact same thing earlier when it, we were talking it, to him. These kids will listen to you. <laughs> They don't talk back to you. What's the secret? I think their age. <laughs> I got a six-year-old. We need to uh, get involved in AU baseball. If that's the uh, that's the case, she's. She, I'm not sure how much she listens to me. Well, I used to umpire, and this was my favorite age group to umpire. Yeah. You could talk to these kids, and and one thing about it, a kid is going to be honest, but this particular age group, they'll talk to you. And yeah. they are a lot of fun when you get out get out on the field with them. How many of these World Series events have you been a part of? Since 1988. Okay, so you've been doing it for a while. You've seen a lot of different things. My impression outside looking in is that, that Hattiesburg and this complex have done a great job in putting the event together. Absolutely. It, it's tops. Yeah. Of course, we, you know, we were, uh, it was late notice getting someone to do this uh, World Series this year. Okay. We knew in Mississippi Hattiesburg could do it, and we politicked, and we got it here. What is unique about Dixie Youth Baseball in your mind? Because we all know there are lots of different leagues, different names all over. Dixie Youth is um, has very much stuck to some core principles along the way. What, what makes it unique? I think, in my opinion, it's all volunteer. Okay. No one gets paid, and uh, that goes a long ways. Uh, when you volunteer your time... Um, you you really feel like you're accomplishing something, especially when you're doing it for the kids. Yeah, umpires don't get paid. Umpires get paid. Okay, I just want to say we need to make sure. Uh, that yeah, the umpires get they're paid. But they, they're on a different side of the, the fence. Yeah, but but when you're talking about coaches and board members and leadership, state directors, national directors, those are all volunteer. Those positions. are all volunteer. That's incredible. And it, it, to me, that speaks to a love of the game of baseball yeah. and people who want to see this great game continue to grow. That's absolutely correct. And a love for the kids. Yeah. Um, you were upset when you sat down because uh, you missed Food Friday. You're, you're working today. Understandable. <laughs> but then you shared a recipe with me, so I'm going to ask you to do that. Um, you got you got a statewide audience. Okay. Now, not everybody, you got to remember, not everybody has elk. Okay. Readily available to them. Here we go. Take a back strap, approximately six to eight inches long, okay. out, out of an elk, and you marinate it all night long in Dr. Pepper in the refrigerator. In Dr. Pepper. Take it out, butterfly it, okay. stuff it with cream cheese and green onion, okay. wrap it in bacon, put it in an oven. <laughs> Hey, Dad, it's like he's like nodding. Yeah, you haven't gone wrong yet. You, keep going. You, you can put it in an oven or you can put it on a grill. Yeah. Uh, about 300 degrees for a couple of hours. Take it out and cut it into steaks about a three quarters to an inch thick. Mm-hmm. That is some kind of good. I'll eat that. That, that would work with deer, too. That would work with venison. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. More people are going to have that than, than elk. Yeah. And you, you said you, you got was your elk, right? You you got it? I got it. Where'd you get it? In Colorado. Oh, man. 
we've had a couple good weeks of talking to people of going out in, in the wild west and, and fishing and hunting and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome out there. Yeah, I, I could not. You and I actually talked about that more. I mean, especially in the summertime. I mean, I, I love oh. to get out there when when it's snowing and you can ski a little bit. And That's you right. Have a blast with that. But but summers, it's, it's funny. You talk to people that that live there. They say they came for the winter and stayed for the summer. That's true. So, it's uh, it's absolutely incredible. All right, what's left? Uh, so this is day one of competition. Tomorrow we start our uh, bracket play. Okay. And, so today uh, was pool play. Today was pool play. We'll have a, a, I call it a morning session and then an evening session. There's two okay. sessions, double headers. And, uh, of course, the, the second session will be when teams get knocked out. Okay. Uh, two losses and they're out. All right, so it is double elimination once you get to bracket when play. When you get to bracket play, it is double elimination. Okay. So there'll be some teams going home tomorrow. All right. And, uh, and then we go from there right on into Sunday. And hopefully we could finish up Monday. Okay. So... That's the game plan. Sounds good. Uh, there's a lot of bit, great baseball that's coming up here in Hattiesburg at the D1 and D2 Dixie Youth Baseball 8U World Series. Keith, it's been a great event. Uh, congratulations to all the people that are involved with this, and thanks for letting us be here and be part of it. Well, we we are more than happy that y'all were able to make it. Yeah, it's been great. It. It's great. It's been great. We will be back with you on Monday. Between now and then, hope you enjoy the weekend. Hey, Dad, guess what? Going to take a day off and not work on Monday. Shocker. Shocker. First one in you know, three months. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. For Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, our entire crew on the road, I'm Richard Cross. Enjoy the weekend. Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.